Hey guys, welcome to the We Are Men podcast. I am your host, Carl Mason. And in this podcast, we sit down and talk with local heroes about life, mental health, and strategies for coping with the day-to-day issues that we all face as men. Our aim with this podcast is to create a space where men can open up and discuss their mental health without the fear of shame or exclusion. I know it can be hard to ask for help as a man, but no man needs to struggle alone. We hope to encourage all men to talk about what they're going through and seek help when they need it. A quick note, this podcast may feature some adult language and suicide may be discussed, which could be triggering for some listeners. These podcasts have been made possible by funding from Country SAPHN. Welcome to the We Are Men podcast, Country South Australia. Uh, my name's Carl Mason. I'm your host and I'm here today with Shane McGrath uh, from Bow Hill, South Australia, talking a little bit about his story and male mental health. So first thing I want to say is Shane, just a huge thank you for being involved and taking some time to chat with me today. Um, the, the aim of this project is to try and reduce male suicide and stigma around uh, male mental health, something that's very important to me and all of us in the We Are Men team. We've all had our own experience, personal experiences uh, with mental health, whether that's our own journeys or, um, you know, I've had a few family members um, pass away from suicide. So we think this is really important and we just want to say thanks for taking the time to help us help us spread this message. Oh, thank you for um, just giving me the opportunity to give my experiences, I suppose. I just think it's so important, you know, other men hearing what other men have been through to try to hopefully save them having to go through the same process maybe find a shortcut here or there. Yep. So uh, I think we're, oh, yeah, go on, Carl. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cut you off. Um, I think uh, the more it's um, portrayed in the media, uh, the better it is. Once upon a time, there's all hidden agendas and stuff like that. Um, I think it's uh, important. Yeah, definitely. So Shane, uh, from your view, where did your journey with mental health begin? Um, I, I would say, cause I was in the army from 86 to 90, 90, 91. Um, and coming, I had a PDSD there, but I didn't know about it really until, uh, recently, like last five years. So I had a lot of that trauma, um, right through the last 20 years, I'd say. And I've gone through from um, alcoholism, drugs, homelessness, uh, and the whole journey. Um, and uh, I didn't see it as a mental health problem when I was going through that because yeah. um, I thought I, I had everything under control, but obviously I didn't. Hmm. What did you see it as? It's just some struggles that you had to get through? It was more about just getting through life. You know, just uh, living. That's all it was. It wasn't a life. It was just living. And did once you finally started to understand that you were suffering from mental health issues, did life become easier? Um, Once I started sourcing um, services out there and finding out why things were that way, yes, they certainly did. Yep. So I think that's a big problem, you know, getting men to take that first step in seeking help. Now, what kind of stigma do you think men are up against around mental health? Um, I think that men are always looked at as the stronger and we can handle it. Um, And I think 
with men, we don't like to be our pride. I probably use the word pride and get gets in the road as well. Yeah. So we'd rather keep things to ourselves. And obviously with that, it um, affects not only ourselves, but people around us as well. Yeah, definitely. So how did that stigma present itself in your life? Um, I was losing friends and particularly family. Yeah. Yeah. Is that because you felt uh, you didn't want to you know, approach these things or the way you were you know, trying to deal with them yourself? As I mentioned, like uh, I didn't know where the um, problems were um, because I didn't know I had PTSD until I started using services like psychologists and things like that. Um, and once I started using those, I could start to use um, things to help my headspace a lot better. Yeah. It must have been hard such a long time living with PTSD and not like, kind of knowing what's happening, not understanding why things were happening. That must have been a really rough time. Uh, you um, you come withdrawn and you just, yeah, alcohol, drugs, gambling, all those are hidden things that uh, people that I did um, just to live life. And it wasn't a life. It was more of a, just a, you know, I was here. Um, and since probably in the last eight years, um, probably the final straw was um, not feeling really good about myself. Um, and I had to, would you believe it, I had to run um, 17 k's to work because I didn't couldn't even afford a bike. Um, <laughs> yes, 17k. Um, and yeah, yeah. So I just started to set little goals. Then I didn't even have a TV. At you got to remember, at 48, I had nothing. Um, so just um, setting little goals and then using services yeah, benefited me a lot. Yeah. And what uh, before you you said you did a lot of little things to try to help you get out of that. What yeah. kind of got you to the point where you thought, okay, now um, I've got to, I've got to face this. I've got to change the way things are going. Like I know for me, it was, um, you know, just around not coping in everyday life and, and just feeling like I was falling behind um, and going something, something isn't clicking right here. And for me, that pushed me to go, you know, I've got to try to do something different or seek some help. What was the, Final point for you? Um, probably very similar. Um, I see that at 48 when you've got nothing and you, you look at people who've got families, kids, houses, cars, um, you know, you, you got to look in the mirror. And that's the thing, looking in the mirror and being totally honest with that, that person looking back at you. Um, if you lie to him, you know, at the end of the day, you're lying to the world. So I always use, use that analogy and um, look at myself in the mirror. And um, from that point was like, okay, is this the best person I can be? And how do I change? And what was your first step to making that change? Um, my first step was a goal to save enough money for a TV, would you believe? <laughs> I didn't even, I had nothing, mate. I had nothing. And this was only eight years ago. Now, at, now I'm married, um, got my own house, car. Yeah, completely changed around. 
like you wouldn't believe. Amazing. That's yeah, eight years. That's a quick yeah. turnaround. Did you find like so? Obviously, there's that period of time where things got pretty bad for you. Was mm. was it bad the whole time? Was it a progression of things getting worse and worse and you know, like falling? When, when I've had my bad times, I know it's just been a slow pro- progression. So you don't actually realize how bad it is until you get to that point when everything's kind of falling apart. Yeah. Um, I had my ups and downs where I had points where I'd, I was, you know, had absolutely no money out in the middle of nowhere um, trying to get to um, family or friends just to get, like sleep on their couches. You know, it was just uh, shocking. And then I'd find a job. But that end of the day, the job, wasn't rewarding it was just money to, for me to spend on alcohol drugs and it was it wasn't a it wasn't a life yeah um but those those things the alcohol drugs and um gambling were all a thing that um were, was hiding what was really going wrong with me um so yeah i think that's a very common kind of outlet is the drugs alcohol gambling for a lot of men um, you know, it's if you can't face what's going on inside, find something to either numb or you know keep you engaged externally, and yeah. they seem to be the main three. It's a very common thread. So, a couple of things I did do. Um, my 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 father's a very successful man, um, and he was always pushed me to go do better things. But as young people, you think you know better. Okay. Um, so I actually engaged myself in um, community groups and these community groups um, are like a local progress group um, and with tennis associations and just got myself a little bit more active and, and around people that were doing better than me. Yeah. Um, so with the, the progress group, very passionate uh, uh, veteran I am, um, so with the progress group, I, I organised a dinner, raised twenty thousand dollars for a, a new war memorial. Um, just things like that that bring smiles to other people's faces. Like it's hard work, but yeah, actually, yeah, there's nothing better than seeing people's smiling. You know. Yeah, yeah, and it must feel great, you know, using your hard experiences of life to into a, turning it into a positive for other people around you. And I want to touch on that a bit more, but before we do that, I just wanted to ask for some people out there who either can't identify with what, you know, mental health problems are or think they don't have it. Like you said, you know, you, you're just surviving life. What did it feel like in that time when you, you kind of knew something was wrong, but you weren't facing it, that things weren't going right? What did that feel like? I think um, um, with me, uh, loneliness and you can have people around you but you're still lonely yeah. um, you start to withdraw and then uh, you don't really want to start associating with people you might even you might go to the pub with the group of people but you end up playing pokies and you end up having no there's no social outlet yeah um, yeah so once you become start becoming lonely, um, and that's a, a pride thing there too, because a lot of people say, "No, I'm not lonely." Um, once you start doing thing, uh, characteristics that you don't go to 
places where people are or you want to stay home, that's when you really got to start looking in the mirror and go, okay, what's happening here? And be honest. At the end of the day, you got to be honest with yourself. If you really want to, I've seen a lot of people, if you want to get better, you've got to be honest with yourself. Yeah, 100%. I, like I know for like myself, I always use the term disconnected. Like at the lowest point, it's you may have all these great things in your life, but they're just not, you're not connecting with them. They're not hitting, you know, people around you or whatever it is, you can't feel the normal kind of positive feelings that you get from them. And I feel like that disconnected is kind of, you know, can help people understand what, what, you know, depression or anxiety or things like that, uh, like put it into another word that they might be able to understand. I think that disconnection thing is a tricky thing because as, as you're probably aware, as you become disconnected with so many things in life, um, you aren't in the right headspace to be able to um, correct it. Yeah. If, if you understand what I'm saying, you know, sure. you probably don't even, you probably don't even realise that you're being disconnected or you're you're disconnecting. Um, other people obviously see it. Mm. But um, being in the right headspace to try and fix it, I think that's the that's the uh, key. Yeah, I feel like sometimes you can't see how bad you were until you've got through it. And when you look back and go, "Oh, okay," like it just it was a slow progression. I couldn't, I didn't realize where I was, and now I'm looking back and I'm thankful I'm not there. And that's the only yeah. time you actually know what what you've been through. It is. It's so true. Like that window, it just gets um. You know, it just gets smaller and smaller and you don't, because it, it's just a, a gradual thing, mm. you just don't realise. Um, you, you know, you make making mistakes, but you don't really care either because at the end of the day, with that anxiety and depression and stuff like that, you know, you don't want to put the worry on other people, you know, and you're not really in the mind space to be a better either until you, as I keep saying, until you want, want to get better. That's the step is, yeah. the, is, is to put your hand up. So true. Yeah, so important to that first step is is asking for help, which I think a lot of men don't like to do, but sometimes we need help. It's, yeah, it's, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, it is okay. Um, and, and a lot of people think when they're asking for help, it's, it, it's, it's, they think it's a big thing, but at the end of the day, it's the little, little things that count. And the little little things will certainly add up, and you'll. It might take you one, two, three, eight years, but it'll get better. Yeah. At the end of the day, it gets better. And then it's worth it's worth it. You know, it's worth yeah. that effort because when things are better, things are better. You, you know, you've got many years of being happier, um, more positive. All these things that you just don't see when you're in. I know in that space, you can't see it as the future, but it, you can get there definitely yeah and and the other thing too is is we all have our moments where we have our thought processes again but to look at that and just go okay well yesterday i was in a better place let's go back there and give yourself look in the mirror and give yourself a smile and go yeah I like that yesterday, not today. Yeah, today. <laughs> Ignore today. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about today. No. And so I feel like a lot of people, you know, wait till that last moment to seek help, like when they're desperate. So with your PTSD, when did it get the worst for you? When was your worst time? 
Um, well, the thing with my PTSD, it was um, uh, I was having a lot of problems sleeping. Yeah, really bad. Um, just just a quick one on that. I had a um, in the army had a mentor uh, that looked after us in the battalion um, for the first few months while you're there, and uh, he came home from on the piss one night. Um, started talking to me. He was drunk and I was sober and trying to tell him, shut up as you do. And, uh, I woke up the next morning and he died, um, in his own spew. Um, so my nightmares were like always the what ifs and they'd concrete on my bloody chest. So I couldn't help him and all that sort of thing. So it was like, um, it was really bad. Um, and it was getting worse. So I really had to um, seek um, professional help with that one. And I still see my psychologist. And there's no shame in seeing a psychologist because at the end of the day, he's been wonderful. Yeah. Um, those services are there to help you out. And it's like anything in life, the, the better tools you've got, the better life you have. Exactly. And I, I've been like, uh, been saying in these interviews, that, you know, an important point I think is that you know, sometimes it's not the first thing you try that works. You've got to keep going at it because um, there's so many options out there, there's programs and, you know, different psychologists. What were the things that worked for you? Um, well, the psychologists were definitely, um, and you, as you said, the right psychologist because there is a lot of uh, personalities out there and sometimes you don't click. Yeah. So don't, don't um, uh, discredit every psychologist. But, yeah, they've got the tools to, to work. Um, and you just got to find the one that you uh, click with really well. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is I find is being more proactive in a lot of things, like proactive with um, community, um, with uh, um, fitness, any sort of fitness. It just gets your mind um, working a little bit more healthier, staying mental healthier, physical healthier. Yeah, you mentioned you had a lot of little things you did that kind of progression to getting better. Uh, yeah. Was that around those kind of areas? Yeah. Fitness, yeah. just little things. Because I don't work, I I tend to um, and everyone knows this. I tend to go backwards if I'm not being active. Yeah, for sure. Uh, um, and with people that do work, I think unfortunately, um, that's uh place where they can hide their mental health as well um so it's you you gotta from my point of view not working because of my problems i really had to find something that really um helped me uh, with my mental health and just well-being that's the that's the thing and sitting around doing nothing is for me and yeah. for probably a lot of people out there, um, not not an effective tool. Yeah. So like this COVID and isolation must have been a pretty tough time going through this as well. Um, it, it was and it wasn't. Um, we live in a town that's uh, got ten people in it. Uh, over, <laughs> over Christmas, it gets to about four and a half to five thousand. Oh wow! So. Um, it's a very touristy place on the river. Um, so with the COVID, 
um, my partner would go to work and I'd keep active at home either with um, uh, exercise bikes. Like, for example, at the moment, I'm um, training to raise money for uh, the Peter McCallum uh, Hospital. Yeah. So uh, then at the end of the month, I've set a goal that in 10 days, I'll do 30 kilometres a day on my bike. Wow. So those those sort of things keeps keeps me um, a reason to do well for yeah. other people. So yeah. I get people to sponsor me for that, and the money goes straight to Peter McCallum. But it just um, yeah, just things like that um, that I'm doing things for people. Yeah, it's not I think, about yeah, I think that's an incredible turning it on its head. You know, you, using um, your experiences that you've had to find your own way through. Um, which some of have been negative into a positive to help other people. I think it's so powerful. And, um, you know, I think more people should do it. What are some of the other things that you, you do to like try to encourage other men to either seek help or, or to try to help other people struggling? Um, I volunteer myself at local information centres and people coming in to talk, um, love having a chat. At the end of the day, just having a chat to people um, and and not just a, hi, how are you? You know, where are you from? You know, what brings you this way? And just really engaging yourself in other people's um, life as well and, you know, being honest with them, you know, because they might ask you, well, what do you do? And, and I, I'm not ashamed to say that I've got my problems because that's a big thing, you know. That's, that's probably one of the biggest things is hiding it. If you, if you can put that rubber stamp and say, yes, I've got a problem and be honest with everybody, you know, you, you're putting your hand up to it. Yeah. I think that's amazing to do because most of the time there's someone out there who has similar problems and who's bottling them up, hiding them. And by, you know, announcing that I experienced this, you're kind of taking away that barrier and they're, oh, I'm, you know, so I'm not alone. This is, you know, this is great. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of people out there with the similar stories. Um, and I think opening a, like with mental health um, in the last, say, five years, it's opened up a lot. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, conversation is the main thing. You get people talking about, yes, there is different degrees of mental health, but if we can knock it on the head earlier and talk about it life is a lot easier you don't have to go through the to get to the bottom of the barrel yeah, yeah i feel like that's something a lot of men well everyone i guess needs to you know, understand that the earlier you open up and talk about it you know the, the easier it is you know, we don't have to wait till it's uh like i did you know it's dire i've got to go you know I'm like i need to go see a doctor things aren't right. You don't have to wait to that time. Like you can start no. just chatting with friends, chatting with, you know, people you work with or even see the GP. It's, you know, it's, it's really quite simple. I think one thing that I've seen and I've spoken to a lot of, not a lot, but a few that I've, and I've actually saved a couple of lives, but uh, one thing that I've, I feel that a lot of people with mental health problems sometimes aren't really honest with close contacts. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes I, th I think sometimes um, shame comes into it. Yeah. 
Um, so that's why I think it is sometimes better to go out and look for um, the professional help or get into a, a group that you know no one and you can start afresh and, and be honest with them. You know, if you walk up and tell a story, they're not going to they're not going to see what you've done or the effects you've had on other people because of your problem. They're actually going to go, look, yeah, no worries. You've got the problem. It's great to see you dealing with it. Yeah. That's great. Uh, if there was a, you know, a man watching this out there who is has been having a rough time and doesn't really know what to do, uh, what would your advice be for them? Um, go to the doctor go to a doctor and see if you can see, get into a psychologist because at the end of the day, um, th those services are out there for you. Um, and just to get something off your chest with them just listening. I think at the end of the day, it's just that they are good listeners um, and be honest with them as well. Because if you're not honest, you're not trying to fix yourself, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So use use the systems, use the services, um, and don't be um, look in that mirror and go, yeah, I want to fix myself. Go to the doctor. Go to the doctor. <laughs> it, it sounds oh. easy, but it, I, we, I know like, from personal experience, it's very hard to do, but yeah. it's so worth it. It's so I, worth I think it. you and myself, because we've got gone to the bottom and we're working our ways up, and it's always, don't get me wrong, I'm not there. It's always a, it's always a climb, yeah. but it's an enjoyable climb at the moment. So that's what the life's about: enjoying, enjoying the view. Um, when you're in the bottom of the barrel and you're looking up, that circle's pretty narrow. When you're uh, at the top of the barrel, the whole world opens up. It's a great so, idea. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's just about. I think at the end of the day, if you have a problem out there, seek advice go to the doctors don't be shamed about it um and you'll find that if you do the right things the actual world will turn for you yeah and i also find it's important to let people know that you know you don't just go to the doctor and you're fixed it's a constant no. kind of journey going up and down but you know you zoom out and it's moving in the right direction well i've been seeing my psychologist for three years and and, and i tell people i say psychologist at the end of the day you know that I'm not ashamed of it because it's actually made me a better person. Yeah, 100%. And now that yeah. you're, you know, you're doing, turning it into a positive and helping people in the community, do you feel uh, more open with your close circle? Like I know you mentioned that, you know, a lot of people find it hard uh, to, to kind of be honest. Do you find that you have that support now? And are you able to share your experiences with them? Uh, the, yeah. Um, so I'm always really open. So I actually do work for, um, I don't work for them, but I've raised money for homeless veterans as well. Yep. And I actually have the opportunity to go down to the, um, Andrew Russell veterans living where they've got 10 units there. And I get a um, opportunity to, um, you just listen to them and talk to them and have a chat, uh, and tell them my story. Um, and just, just, to mention that we've all been there. I'm not a no uh, um, academic or anything like that. And uh, the great thing about what's happened there is um, I've had a couple organisations have um, mentioned if I 
do a course, which I'm starting in May, that I'll get work placement and I'll be helping out veterans and stuff like that. So, and they just want people um, to have life experiences. And that's what the good thing about being honest is that it opens up doors too. Look at that. Yeah, that's so true. No one would know unless you got out there and were open about it. Yeah, yeah. I know, obviously, uh, things. It, sorry. Yeah, you're right. I know, obviously, things are much better than like they have been in the past around mental health and the kind of stigma around it. But do you think there's still some myths about uh, men and mental health today? Ah, uh, there will there will always be um, that that stigma of we're tough, we can handle it. I don't think that'll ever change because there is just people, um, communities, people, families that. For example, have been brought up on the farm. Their father was like that. Um, they just, uh, they probably feel that, yep, dad went through worse than us and he dealt with it. So, yeah, I can deal with it. There's not a problem. But I think with today's society, there is um, an opportunity out there to have a better life. You don't have to worry about drowning in all those um, mental health problems. Shane, the last thing I just want to say was a huge thanks for, again, for taking the time. Um, it's really amazing what you're doing. Um, anyone I meet who's, you know, using their story to try to help others, I think it's a very honourable thing. Uh, and I really hope that this conversation will maybe uh, inspire someone to, you know, take that first step in seeking help because that's what this podcast is all about. Yeah. Um, appreciate your time and um, very honoured for you to let me come on um, and if I can I always say if I can help that one person um, I know that you're not going to always help everybody but if you can help that one person that one person could be your, your brother mother close relative or even someone that you don't even know and that sort of makes me uh, feel a bit better about it exactly and I think yeah just your honesty in sharing today I'm sure you know for the people who see this, definitely help someone. So thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you for tuning in. A huge thank you to our guest. Make sure you head to wearemen.com.au for more information about the project and for a list of services that are available to men out there who want to learn how to be a man who talks. See you guys next week.